The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to The Refresh from Insider. I'm Rebecca Ibarra. And I'm Rebecca Knight. It's Wednesday, September 28th. And we're here with you updating the news all day, every weekday. Here's the latest. Dozens of hospitals and nursing homes were evacuated in Florida before Hurricane Ian made landfall this afternoon. Around 300,000 people are without power, and videos from along the Gulf Coast show streets flooded and extreme winds hitting trees and buildings. In a briefing this afternoon, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said federal personnel are on the ground ready to help. There are 3.7 million meals and 3.5 million liters of water pre-positioned in Alabama. 300 Army Corps personnel are on the ground to support power and fuel assessments. 300 ambulances are supporting local officials. All of that support, though, has to wait on the periphery for now while weather conditions improve. Heading into Thursday, the hurricane is expected to make its way inland, passing Tampa, over Orlando, and out east. Governor Ron DeSantis warned of a nasty, nasty few days ahead. Russia is declaring victory in a series of referendums staged in occupied regions of Ukraine. Western allies largely see the results as illegitimate, in part because armed Russian officials collected the votes. This opens a potentially dangerous new chapter in the war. Russia could claim Ukrainian attempts to take back the areas are an attack on Russia itself. Vladimir Putin has been doubling down on this war, calling in reserve troops and threatening a nuclear attack. The FDA says not enough Americans know what constitutes a healthy diet. So the agency is changing the criteria for when packaged foods can be labeled as healthy. Under the proposed rule, foods such as nuts or fatty fish like salmon would be labeled healthy, while some cereals that currently are billed as good for you would have to cut way down on added sugars to keep that healthy label. The FDA has also been mulling a specific symbol that manufacturers could add to their packaging, noting which foods meet current federal health guidelines. The future of cars is supposed to be electric, or at least hybrid, right? Uh, 
not so for Ford's latest pickup, which was announced yesterday. It's being described as the antithesis of an electric vehicle. The carmaker says the Super Duty, with a V8 engine and gas tank options up to 7.3 liters, is actually good, though, because this lineup is super popular and it's bringing in billions in revenue, and Ford says it's counting on that cash so it can invest into making more electric vehicles. Lizzo's performance in Washington, D.C. last night was one for the history books. But I want everybody to make some noise for James Madison's crystal flute, y'all. Yeah, you heard that right. James Madison's crystal flute. The Library of Congress invited Lizzo to play the 200-year-old instrument at her concert in D.C. The flute was reportedly one of the few items saved from a White House fire caused by the British. It was escorted onto the stage for Lizzo to play, and her fans loved it. We just made history tonight! Today and every day, we're updating the refresh from Insider as news happens, so check back whenever you want to know the latest. Coming up, we talk about why it's so hard for young, up-and-coming candidates to make it through establishment politics. This morning, President Biden announced $8 billion in funding from public and private sources to tackle hunger and poor nutrition. If a parent cannot feed a child, there's nothing else that matters to that parent. Companies including DoorDash and Amazon are planning to partner with cities and food banks to help deliver provisions to families in need. The Biden administration is also looking to expand access to fresh produce in grocery stores nationwide. A man who attacked a Capitol Police officer during the January 6th insurrection was sentenced to more than seven years in prison yesterday. Kyle Young was arrested back in April and pleaded guilty in May. The 38-year-old from Iowa brought his teenage son along. They were part of the mob that beat and tased Officer Michael Fanone in a tunnel under the Capitol. Young passed the stun gun to another participant who used it on Fanone's neck. Speaking at the sentencing, Fanone had a simple message for Young. Quote, I hope you suffer. A new medicine could slow some level of progression of early-stage Alzheimer's. According to clinical trial results released last night by the drug makers Biogen and Isai, the new drug slowed cognitive decline in more than a quarter of the 1,800 people in the study. But some researchers are tempering expectations, saying that more research is needed before it can be proven that this treatment meaningfully improves quality of life. Still, it's some hopeful news for a devastating illness without known treatments. Interest rate hikes from the Federal Reserve are making the U.S. dollar stronger, and that may seem great, but the bad news is that other countries are trying to play catch-up, and it's causing this weird so-called reverse currency war. You see, usually countries try to devalue their money to make the goods they export more attractive. But countries like the U.K. and Japan are now worried that if their currencies get too cheap, it'll cost them more to import basics like food and energy. Not great when inflation is on everyone's mind. Hugh Jackman is dusting off the yellow spandex. The actor is once again suiting up as Wolverine in an upcoming Deadpool sequel, which is set to premiere late next year. Ryan Reynolds made the surprise announcement in a video on Twitter yesterday. Hey, Hugh, you want to play Wolverine one more time? 
Yeah, sure, Ryan. So in the comics, Wolverine has this healing power that dramatically slows his aging. And in real life, Hugh Jackman has played the Canadian superhero since 2000 because he does not age. I tell you, life imitates art. For young political candidates, the road to elective office is turbulent. They get told by senior party leaders to wait their turn. They get hung up on by political consultants, and raising money is often trying. For every success story like New York's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, there are dozens of other young candidates who can't seem to break through. Senior politics reporter John Dorman explores what it will take for rising Gen Z and millennial contenders to actually win seats. So let's start from the beginning. What are some of the biggest obstacles facing these young up-and-comers? I would say just entering a race and having a lack of support from the party, having to start from scratch. And for a lot of these candidates, they don't have like donor lists. They don't have the sort of connections to kind of just be able to tap into people who would be able to fund the campaign or to even to get like a grassroots support. I was struck by one of the young politicians you spoke to, Nita Alam, who is a 28-year-old county commissioner who ran for Congress in North Carolina but lost in the primary. She was backed by heavy hitters in the Democratic Party, including Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. But in her home state, she kept hearing from senior leaders that she needed to, quote, wait her turn. What do you think is at the root of the resistance from the establishment? A lot of it's comfort. They're comfortable with people that they already know. It's all about these connections. They'll say, hey, this person is was my chief of staff, so I think they'll be a great candidate. Why don't we see them run? Why don't we help them? And for people that aren't necessarily in those circles, it can be difficult to break in. And then as John Iceman, the Republican candidate um, in the New Jersey 7th District, told me, a consultant didn't even want to take his phone call and basically was like, well, don't tell anyone that I called because they didn't want to get on the bad side of the perceived front runner in that particular race. So there's just a lot of pressure even on a like personal level. There have been some successes in recent years, of course, AOC, Democratic Senator Joe Nosa from Georgia, who is 35. How did they manage to break through? AOC, she basically just ran a really strong grassroots campaign. She really went into the communities. She had small meetings. She basically blanketed, you know, social media. She had lots of volunteers that may necessarily not have been involved in politics before. And I think a lot of people were really looking for someone that they felt a little more connected to. And with John Ossoff, he had ran for the House before. And when he ran for the Senate, not only did he have higher name recognition, but he really tapped into, um, especially a lot of things that Stacey Abrams was doing, registering new voters, especially a lot of younger voters and voters that were recently moved to Georgia. I mean, he did a really great job of mobilizing them. And that put him in a really great position to win the runoff election in January 2021. So playing devil's advocate, is there something to having a certain amount of age and wisdom, gravitas, life experience, having done time in the political trenches that makes older candidates more appealing to voters and and maybe even more effective as leaders? You're right. There is a comfort. I feel like a lot of people, they'll say, hey, such and such has, you know, served in the legislature. They've been a House member. So why not have them in the Senate? We've seen them do X, Y, and Z. That's definitely something that a lot of voters gravitate towards. But I have to say over the past decade or so, I've really started seeing more voters say, hey, that's great. 
but why don't we give someone new a chance? Why don't we get someone from other industries? Why don't we get someone who's outside of government? We would like an outsider, someone maybe that we feel more connected to. I feel like people will say, well, we've had experienced politicians before. They haven't always done what they've said they were going to do. So let's try something else. John, what are you taking away from your reporting of this story? What kinds of things are needed in our political system or in our culture that might make it easier for young politicians to rise up? One big thing is the voter outreach has to go beyond, you know, here's a midterm, here's a presidential election, this is what we're going to do, and you should vote for us because we're going to do this for you. And then two years later, you don't really, you don't hear much in the interim. But when the next election comes, then you'll hear politicians coming around for younger voters. And I think that's one of the bigger issues is that there's really not a real engagement. And if there was a way in which they could be a bit more integrated into the political process, getting younger people started at the city council level, because, you know, they're already there. You know, there are so many younger people, especially millennials, that have started opening up businesses. And those are the kinds of people that will be involved in their communities. They're the ones that are going to be at those city council meetings. They're the ones that are going to be asking about regulations. So I think that is like a really important thing. Because those are issues that are profoundly important to them. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, John. It was really a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. John Dorman is a senior politics reporter at Insider. And for more on Insider's Red, White, and Gray series, go to Insider.com. Make sure to follow The Refresh from Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please leave us a rating and review. It helps other people discover the show. You can also just tell your smart speaker to play the Refresh from Insider podcast. I'm Rebecca Ibarra. And I'm Rebecca Knight, in for Dave Smith. Talk to you soon.